Hello and a warm welcome to everyone. I'm Frederike and I'm in my second year of international business. I'm 21 years old and originally from Germany and today in the studio I'm with Yvette and our two guests Mohammed and Ali and maybe you guys would like to introduce yourselves as well. Hi, I'm Yvette. I'm 22 years old and I'm also an IB student in my second year. Uh, I want to welcome our guest as well. So maybe you can introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you so much. First thing first, thank you for inviting us to your podcast. And uh, what a nice place you have here. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm Ali. I'm 20 years old. I'm studying international business, and I'm from Iran. Yeah. Hi, good morning. Thank you for inviting me. I'm Mohammed. I'm in my fourth year of international business. Currently doing my internship with the United Nations. Okay, nice. Thank you, guys. Um, yes, today the episode um, we want to talk about integration into the Dutch culture and we are talking about some differences for EU and non-EU students and the first thing I would like to know is how do you guys come to choose energy standing? How have you heard of it? Um, yeah, maybe you would like to to um, tell a bit about that. Well, um, I started my education in Qatar and I started in Stern Qatar when Stern Qatar was there. So I met a lot of grantor students who went to Qatar for their grantor and we were so good friends. We hang out together. So they told me all the stories about Angela Stanton, about the Netherlands. And then I looked for the education system that Angela Stanton follows, uh, design-based education, as well as uh, it was pretty much uh, cheaper for me to come to Netherlands compared to going to, let's say, America, or Australia or uh, UK. So uh, that's why I wanted to come here and I looked for uh, Lee Warden and it was the capital of culture back in 2018. So I wanted to meet different students as well. Oh, that sounds like a nice adventure though. <laughs> what about you, Ali? Uh, for me, it goes back to my taste in education. Like my typical education high school was so theory oriented. That's the old school education. Yeah. And so I was really interested in trying something new or like applied science, those practical new version of education. So I searched for some applied science universities and I found out about NHL. And also I really like Netherlands compared to other countries in Europe. So at the end, I found it really nice to study in NHL. And I compared the other cities, there's like MN Leeuwarden. Yes. Uh, yeah. And you're here for a year now or for how long? I've been here for like, uh, I think 14 months. I came here January, yes. though our first semester was online. Yeah. So it was a bit depressing. Very exciting, yeah. <laughs> How was it for you when you moved here? Were you all by yourself or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just went to airport with my family, Tehran. And then from there, I came myself. I mean, it was kind of hard, but I mean, not that much. Because for me, it was the first experience that I'm traveling far without my family. But at the end, I mean, uh, I'm still alive, so it was good. I can imagine. How were your first weeks when you got to the Netherlands? Uh, you know, for me, it was more like fir first month because, you know, it has some different aspects. Some people are all mentality are in psychologically affected because of homesickness or, I don't know, being far from home. And some other people all different things. I wasn't that much mental. Like, I wasn't crying every day, like, oh, I miss my mom and stuff. <laughs> it was more like the life was a problem. Because, uh, to be honest, I was kind of like, my mom was my manager. Like, she was like, okay, today you have to go to a doctor appointment. <laughs> then you have to study that for one hour. And since uh, I, she doesn't work online, I have to manage myself. 
and <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that's I, hard. I don't know how moms do that. Like they manage the whole family. I can't even manage myself. <laughs> there's the Middle Eastern culture, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but after a year, you finally yeah, can finally. manage yourself. Or yeah. <laughs> I think I'm doing it until now. Until now, it's fine. So yeah. At, at least I'm learning it. Ah, that's good to hear. Yeah. What Thank about you, you Mohammed? Well, when I moved here, um, I had a couple of friends. They came here for their exchange all, uh, from Qatar as well. So I kind of knew them uh, for one year. And then when we moved here, so I already had a couple of friends here. And then I had friends from uh, Qatar who went there for grand tour. So I already knew those people. So it was uh, interesting. But um, let me tell the story. When the first day I arrived in the Netherlands, and then it was seven o'clock in the evening when I came to Leeuwarden from Schiphol Airport, And then I was uh, like, let's go out to have uh, dinner in the city center. And then I was living in student stay. And then I came out of student stay. I was walking to uh, city center. And then I see that it, everything is quiet. There's no people. <laughs> there's no car. There's nothing at seven o'clock in the evening. I was like, where are all these people? It's like a ghost city, you know? And then I went to city center. I saw, okay, there are some people alive still, you know? And I thought like uh, it will be kind of different because I'm from Middle Eastern uh, culture where, for example, you don't really say hi if you don't know someone. But then when I came here, I saw that people are so interesting and people are so welcoming you. They're always greeting you. Even if you don't know each other, crossing uh, next to each other, they say always hi. So I think it was really warm, welcoming. And when I moved in here, uh, we had a study start week. It was fantastic. We had a study start week for one week. And uh, for international business, we went to Snake. It's a city uh, 30 minutes from here. Mm -hmm. So we had a campaign overnight there. So we were enjoying playing different kinds of games like volleyball, uh, water game. Then we also went for kayaking and it was so fantastic. Wow, and then yeah. we were drinking from uh, in, in, since the evening until the midnight. And then after midnight, we were also doing some other activities and then we were awake till the morning. So it was fantastic. And then when we came back from Snake the next day, we also had a couple of parties in the clubs as well and different other events. So and then by then we already made a lot of friends and then it was fantastic for us because it was before pandemic. That sounds so amazing. We had no study start week because of COVID <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> and it all started online, which made it really hard. And then we got here in the third model module and um, we basically didn't know anyone, just our <laughs> project yeah. group members that we had and yeah yeah we <laughs> had so <laughs> many physical activities in a study start week in discord like <laughs> yes <laughs> and we played lots of online games <laughs> like this gosh and yeah. for us we had like more than 100 students registered in september intake so we had lots of people to hang out with or meet with so mm. it was really interesting for yeah. me when i joined in september yeah that's like a nice start to get to know the for like friends and all of that Uh, but did you kind of have some culture differences? I mean, of course you <laughs> might have, but or like a culture shock that you had. Um, maybe the weather, but maybe something else. Weather is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it, 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 the degree is not that big deal. The problem is the wind. It's so windy oh, yeah. that that coldness goes inside your brain. <laughs> that then you start to feel it, And especially for biking sometimes i have to get off my bike because it's so windy that my bike doesn't move you go like backwards instead of forward <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's>, gosh. yeah. <laughs> but 
the, the most problem is like about the weather it's like we don't have that much a summer in here i think it's like one month something and that's <laughs> I, if you ask me that's not even a summer in my opinion because immediately summers are yeah but for cultural things i can say like it, i expected more honestly I, okay. w- when I was coming here, I, I was thinking about s- such a big cultural difference, like whole topics between people are different, like chit-chatting, like daily conversation, mm-hmm. but they're basically so similar. I think that's thanks to internet, that whole world is kind of similar, but there are still some things, for example, like we have something, because I'm from Islamic country, I mean, I'm not technically Muslim because I eat pork, I drink alcohol, I do everything that I shouldn't do. but. <laughs> But it's still, that's the thing, for example, it's still when I w- see a girl, like, I don't know, like, should I hug her? Should I give hands? Because from our childhood, we were told, like, you shouldn't do it. It's wrong. Yes. And though I know they might not have problem, I that I have that overthinking thing. That mm-hmm. I hope it will be fixed in a few years. Yeah. Yeah, but that was an example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. What about you? Well... For me, yeah, there was some kind of cultural shock, but um, for me, I was prepared uh, because I was traveling um, all over the world because I did a couple of uh, MUN conferences. It's a model United Nations conference. So I was in different countries like South Korea, U- uh, New York and different other countries. But like, uh, let's say, for example, uh, back in Qatar, when I was studying in the university there, so the teacher chase after you to so that you study, you get good grades. So the teachers is always after you. But when I came here, and then we had the first lecture. Our lecturer was like, uh, attending the lectures are not mandatory, and then you have to f- uh, do all the work by yourself. You have to complete your studies. You have to make sure that you pass exams, and we are not going to chase after you. So uh, th- that environment was different. How um, in Qatar, if you don't study, then the teachers is always there to chase after you. But here, you all you are by yourself, and then. Uh, for example, there we are dependent on our parents. Like, for example, your parents pay for all your expenses, even if you want to hang out with your friends or if you want to pay for your bills or anything, your parents always pay for you. But here, when I talked with my friends, uh, they started working when they're age of 16, and then they said, like, their parents doesn't pay for their uh, leisure or events activities. They have to pay for themselves, and I was shocked because I was like, they are your parents, so they should pay for you. <laughs> and then they were like, it, it's not like this uh, here. So that was also kind of a uh, cultural shock for me, and I was shocked uh, that uh, you have to earn by yourself. And, uh, and for example, in Qatar, we don't really take uh, initiative by ourselves. Like, you know, you have to, like, push people to take initiative, or if you go to a meeting, they are always late in the meetings. If they say, let's say, <laughs> 11 a.m. in the morning, they will show up at, like, 11.30 or 12 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so, but here, everyone is so on time. Like, if they say 11, it's 11. <laughs> like, they're really on time. Even five minutes before. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But how was it for you when you said like your friends all had jobs? Did you go and look for a job or did you just enjoy your student life? Well, I had an opportunity to work with a recruited student. Uh, it's a cleaning organized company here in the Netherlands, uh, in Leeuwarden. So I applied there to work, but then the work starts from four o'clock in the morning because you have to go to Canberra Stadium and then there is a bus that takes you to the uh, different places. And I'm not a morning person, so I can never wake up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm always late in my lectures. So I waited a couple of uh, months. So I joined in September. And then in December, there was an election for participation council within NHL Standard. So I participated in the election. I won the election uh, twice in a row. 
and I work for the Academy Participation Council and previously I worked for uh, Service Participation Council where we get paid from the school as well. So currently I'm doing that job as well. So it is really interesting. I can imagine. Yeah. But what do you need to do then? So in Service Participation Council, we have five departments. We have uh, physical learning and uh, uh, physical learning, online learning uh, environment. We have marketing and sales, we have finance and budget. So we we talk about all the budget and control of the initial standard. We talk about marketing. And in Academy Participation Council, we talk about the study programs, how we can improve the study programs, how we can ensure that the employees and the students, they have their uh, affairs uh, correct, they have their mental health uh, correct. So we ensure that uh, teaching and examination regulations are followed and all the structure to improve our study programs are uh, ensured and we safeguard the study program as well. Do you also have a job, Ali? Yeah, uh, a few months after I arrived in Leerwarden, I applied for Thausbezog and I worked there for a few months. It was nice, but I quit a few weeks ago and that was mostly because of the bike. Because bike expenses are high. <laughs> they are high. Like, just m- I bought my bike for 45 euros and now for fixing it, it has problem right now. I have to pay 40 euros. I'm like, Dang. just buy a new bike. Just go for it. No, yeah. you know what was thing? I just took my bike to a bike shop. I was like, hey, can you fix it? He was like, yeah, sure. And then, and then when I was going out, I asked like, by the way, how much does it cost? He said the price. I was like, just give me the bike. <laughs> <laughs> I just go went to home and I quit Thalsbazog. I was like, I'm not working anymore. Yeah, with <laughs> any bike. <laughs> so, I applied. I applied for um, recruited student, and because. I, I don't know. And also, I have to wait for now because for non-EU students, there's something called working permit. I think you also know about it. Mohammed yeah. also knows about it. It's like you have can work up to 16 hours per week and your employer should apply for it. So right now I have to wait till the new employer, which is recruit student, apply for my working permit so oh, I can okay. start working. I hope it's going to be good. I don't know. Yeah, so finger crossed for you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, uh, do you face any other like problems or challenges in your daily life or like something that you've really m- missed for example food from your home home country or anything like uh, that i think the daily life thing the biggest problem goes back to the thing that i say like you know when i was in my home country you, uh, you know you're just part of a family so part part of the things are done by your mom part of it is done by your father but yeah. then you're alone and you have to manage yourself all alone so groceries For example, I'm so much into food and stuff, <laughs> and groceries are expensive in here. But yeah. I found out if you be a little bit clever, not as smart, but if you search for opportunities like via the application, discounts and stuff, and if you have a freezer, you <laughs> can have a good life with a good price. Yeah, My freezer is pretty small, I notice every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but are you able to like buy some of your home country food here as well, or is that completely impossible? No, it's not as impossible. I, I think some of the prices, they are not here, I think. But there are some Arabic and Turkish-based stores oh, in here nice. that they have everything you want from Eastern Europe and also from Asia. So I can cook myself, but the problem is th- it takes so much time. Like a m- normal stew from my country takes like five hours, six hours, and I'm not that kind of person <laughs> who stays in the kitchen for five hours. <laughs> oh. And yeah, but a few times I did, like I cooked and I put it in the freezer. I mean, that can be a good idea. But at the end, it doesn't worth the time. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mohammed? Well, I think my mom is the best chef 
and I miss her food. <laughs> uh, back in home, uh, she cooks uh, different kind of food, and we do have like different varieties of food. And I really like uh, Arabian food, uh, Afghani food, and Indian food. So they are some of my favorite foods that I enjoy. And uh, here, I do find some food. For example, you can find chicken tandoori or chicken tikka. But then the spices are not as same as the one I have back in home. Mm-hmm. Not as spicy. Exactly, <laughs> they are not even spicy. Like if you order chicken tikka or chicken tandoori and then you taste it, it's not a spicy at all. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's so different. So it's kind of uh, problematic to uh, have the same taste back uh, here. And uh, I do like uh, struggle with some food as well because we don't really find a similar food here in the Netherlands uh, that I find uh, back in home. But there are, for example, there is a shop called Safari Supermarket, which is, current, I think, uh, 15 minutes from Anatol Stand and where you go and then you can find some Moroccan food as well, as well as Turkish food. So that brings some uh, similarities, but it's still like uh, I really uh, fi- I struggle with spice. So, for example, when I come back from holiday, fr- uh, I bring some spices that I find in home <laughs> and then uh, it lasts for a couple of months and then, yeah, and then I struggle again. But I really love to cook with friends. And I had a uh, very good friends from Germany and uh, Poland. So we used to cook different uh, multicultural uh, food and cuisine. So it was really interesting. Is the Dutch food that bad? Or <laughs> 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 Didn't you want to? <laughs> If you ask me, I don't even know what is exactly Dutch food. I know Stampot. That's, Stampot? A, that's the most famous the one. I love Kapsalun. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Kapsalun, I've tried that. The sweets are great. <laughs> Fritje Speciaal. Oh yeah, they're great. Also a freaking dill. Yeah. Yeah, I tried that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> they are more like snacks, some of them, you know. Okay. How was it for you when you got here with in your new class? Did you feel integrated directly or was it easy for you? You said you already had some friends when you got here, but also finding Dutch friends or was it hard for you? Well, It was not hard to make friends, but um, in the beginning we did have some problems within our project groups uh, because everyone was coming from different countries and everyone has different values. For example, like uh, let's say Arabs are late, Italians are also late, right? So we <laughs> had to work in a group where th- it was a mixture of different people. So there was some clashes, but then uh, it brought the best out of each of us and then we went for food or drink and then we did some team building activities and then we become more uh, friends uh, with that. So it was not difficult to make friends. Uh, it was really easy. Uh, so for me, it was easy. Oh, How about you? I think for me, it was easy too. Because even in my childhood, like when I was in Iran, I had so many friends. Because I mean, you already know me. I'm kind of person like... Easy going. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I feel like a loser, when I have a conversation <laughs> with someone and I don't make them laugh. <laughs> that's when I feel like I failed to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's for me was kind of easy to make friends. And our classmates are all of them are nice, honestly. And so I made friends so easy. And y- you know what's kind of surprising for me that how much me and Asian, I think Mohammed also felt it too. We have in common with Eastern Europeans. Yes. Like food, even a bit of music, and like their thinking, their culture, like their ethics, they are so similar. Also with a bit of like uh, uh, Italy, those part of Europe. And so if for me, finding friends from those countries is even easier. And yeah, at the end I can say like, 
it was easier than I thought. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's very you nice know, to like hear. Let me tell you a story. Like when the election was happening, so election is university-wide, so for both NHL building, it's an building, hospitality building. So I thought when I, I stood up as a candidate, I thought I will not win the election because it was only like three months for me. And then when the result came out in December, I was shocked because everyone voted for me. So I think I'm good <laughs> at making friends and convincing people nice. <laughs> and leading the people as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a very nice story. <laughs> uh, do you have any suggestions for NHS Stendon or something that you would like to be changed or approved for future non-EU students who arrive at NHS Stendon to make the settling in easier or yeah, something like that? What the school can improve? Well, or one thing how to help you? <laughs> one thing that uh, we have been discussing uh, in our participation council as well, it's the scholarship. So if you look at the American universities or if you look at the UK universities, you will see there is different kinds of scholarship. For example, if you're very good at sports, you get a sports scholarship. Mm -hmm. If you're very good at math or sciences, then you get scholarship in that department. And every study program has certain uh, quota for scholarship. But here in Angelistan, and you don't have it, you have uh, around like a few, quite handful amount of scholarship positions. And we have more than 25,000 students in Angel Standard. So the scholarship are not enough. So I think what the school can do is increase more scholarship for international students because we do pay, for example, I paid 8,350 euro and European students, they pay lesser because the government pays for them. So I think the school could improve scholarship uh, opportunities for international students. Yeah. Yeah, uh, something I can add to the scholarship. Like I was kind of qualified for a scholarship. I, I think you were too, it was for non-EU students that as i know there are two types of scholarship one of them is like if you're from non-new country and you have ielts more than 6.5 you can get it which i'm obviously from non-eu and i had like ielts 7 so i was supposed to get it i applied for it but at the end you didn't get it no at least till yeah. now but did that also help you with settling in or to make friends or mm, yeah i mean i asked a few times our coach and others for buddy yeah but i didn't get a buddy at the end <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I, I can say something. Coaches are really nice, honestly. All coaches that we had till now, they're because I was super confused. You are, you both remember, especially Yvette. I owe you something. <laughs> <laughs> Yvette helped me a lot because my first project was with Yvette and I asked her question like four in the a.m. Yvette, do you know what is portfolio? <laughs> Friday at night. <laughs> she was like, oh shit, here we go again. <laughs> and yeah. What were you doing at four o'clock in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> no, not me. He was uh, asking me questions at that time. <laughs> yeah, because I was so confused with the stuff. So finally, thanks to coaches and my classmates, I found it out. But if... I ha could have a suggestion. They explained everything in the uh, first start start week, study start week, I think, with the DB project and stuff. But some people like me, they are have like a big problem with getting things as in the first thing, like first yeah. time. So I wish it could be like physical presentation and also they recorded it. They explained like, okay, this is DB project. This is BT. They have relations like this yeah. is I don't know portfolio reflection. They explain everything so clear, uh, clearly and loudly. So, and also recorded it for people who are coming from totally different world yeah. in case of educational system like me. But also for me, DBE was new, and um, yeah, I liked that it got explained as well really well. So yeah. Mm. But yeah. do you have any tips for non-EU students when they 
get here. So now we had tips what the school could do, but maybe mm. do you have any tips for students that are coming? Or when today? they arrive here, what what can yeah. they do to make life easy? <laughs> Well, what I would suggest is uh, they need to be open-minded because there are different uh, non-EU students coming from different regions of the whole world. So they need to have an open mind and they need to allow themselves to immerse with the culture that is here in the Netherlands so that they can make more friends. The more friends they make, the more support they get and the more uh, enjoyment they can uh, do as well. And they need to uh, make sure that they complete their studies, they don't procrastinate because it's easier for them to get lost uh, amongst all the fun and all the new culture. And um, I think they also need to uh, make sure uh, that if they want to work, then they have to apply earlier because it takes around like a month to get the uh, uh, the, the documents uh, by the employer as well. So I think, uh, and obviously bring some spice from your home country. <laughs> <laughs> Good tip. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ali? I think if you ask me, it's really important to do some research about your a major and course that you're going to study like that because i remember before i came here i already had the list of books that we had to get though it changed a bit but just try to do some research on the books that you're going to study and if you can if you have time learn dutch though dutch is not dutch is not really necessary for your daily life everybody know english in here but in future for job vacancies and yeah m many different things also in club Dutch is really necessary. <laughs> I think also for like school stuff, all, always the emails, are they start in Dutch and then you need to scroll down to get to the English part. Yeah, but that's the problem. But, you know, I, I talk to some so many people and they say like knowing Dutch is really a good point for finding a job. So it secures you more because there is a thing with non-European students that when you apply for a job, they give you a visa for one year. It's like Zook work, something that is in Dutch. Mm -hmm. So <coughs> you get a job and then your employer should apply for your uh, permanent visa mm -hmm. so you can be re resident. And they have to pay for it, your employer. So you have to have some extra points beside Dutch and some other things. So they say like this employee worth spending that money. Yeah. Yeah, I think also that like language is very connected to like the culture and it maybe helps as well to understand Dutch culture better and to feel more integrated here then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I think that was like a very nice round off question and then I would like to close our conversation here. So first of all, thank you both very much to share your experience and your stories with us. And I wish you all the best, you're in your studies, Ali, and for your internship as well, Muhammad. <laughs> and yeah, to our listeners, thank you very much for listening. And I wish you a great day and see you next time. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for joining. Thank you.